Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Jesus Our Mediator, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on October 29th, 2017. Of the eternal covenant. See, God has, has, has made a lot of promises in his word, and those promises are for all of us, for all of creation. See, for you and for me, God promises very specific things. And as we look at God's word, as we look at the Old Testament, we see all these promises that God offers to his people. As we discover what he's telling us here in this book of Hebrews, as he's talking to the Israelites, as as he's talking to you and I, we see this eternal covenant, this promise. And then in Hebrews 9.1, he opens up by simply saying, Now even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. See, then the writer goes on to describe this prescription for the fulfillment of this covenant. See, he gives us this picture and this guide of what this covenant relationship looks like. And this promise that God offers you and I for eternity, it's an eternal promise that God is giving us. One of many promises that he has for us. See, we see in Genesis 12 a promise. See, this promise was given to Abram. It says in verses 1 through 3, he says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. See, there's a promise there. But in that covenant, in that promise that God is making with Abram, he asks Abram to do something very specific. And he tells Abram, I will do this for you, but I need you to do that. I need you to go to this land. See, this is just one example of many promises that God has for his people. See, you and I, we, we wake up every morning and we have the opportunity to enter into this covenant relationship. Every new day that we have been given, we have given an opportunity to be a part of God's promises. See, I know that, that many have shared with me the, the promises that God has laid on their hearts and the things that God is doing for them. And I can share with you many promises that I stand on for my life and for my family and the things that God's doing in my world and how he's working in me and through me. And I could imagine you guys could share many, many of those stories and those promises. See, Psalm 1611 for me means more than just what I just shared for you because I've seen God guide me on this path. And I've come to realize over, the, over this journey that I've been on that in his presence, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. That my greatest joys, my greatest pleasures, my greatest moments are when I am in the presence of God, when I am living for God, when I am connected to the vine, when I am in Christ and I am walking in step with the Holy Spirit. 
So I want us to ask ourselves a question this morning. And it's simply this. Am I a self-made man or woman who worships their creator? See, that's kind of a, a trick question when you think about it. See, in this world today, it promotes kind of self-madeness. It's, it's that me and put me at the forefront and it's about you. You know, it's, it's funny to see, you know, and, and we use that term, you know, there's no I in team, right? But our mentality and sometimes the way we live our lives and the way we project who we are to the world around us is a very self-centered, self-worshipping kind of a mindset. See, but what we see here as we discover and we look at this old covenant, this eternal covenant that God gave us through the shedding of blood, through the giving up of life, and he moves us into this new covenant. Same scenario. It's, a, it's an eternal covenant. And there has to be blood that is shed. There has to be life that is given it changes the aspect of our understanding of not only who made us, but who we should worship. See, there was a season in my life where I was the bee's knees. You know, I was a young man just starting life. I'd moved out on my own and, and uh, jumped into a career in retail and started doing all these cool things. At least I thought they were cool. You know, I had the awesome privilege of being able to, to manage a whole bunch of people at 18 years old. I had a huge store that I was in charge of. And every day that I remember walking into that store, I felt pretty darn good about myself. You know, I, I think I became my own American idol. You know, even though I, I can't sing, I can make a joyful noise. I became my own American idol. See, I was the definition of cool. This 18, 19-year-old ma young man that just had it all figured out. I knew everything. You know, I knew how to manage this store. I knew how to manage people. And I knew how to do all of these cool things. Well, fast forward a couple of years. And as the Spirit of God began to draw me closer to Jesus Christ, as I began to, to surrender myself to Jesus, and I began to worship the creator of heaven and earth, the one who made me, who shaped me and formed me, who sees me as fearfully and wonderfully made. I began to understand some things. I began to move towards an understanding of some realities of life and death. It was interesting and kind of a sad moment because when I began to hear and understand these realities between death and life, it came through some very hard moments. I had just gotten married and we were celebrating that, you know, a, a 19 and 20-year-old couple that, that had it all figured out but yet had nothing to offer. And a few months later, her grandmother dies. And a couple months after that, my dad dies. And a few months later, my grandfather and my other grandfather and my uncle. And all of a sudden, as my world began to kind of implode, I began to understand the reality of death. See, I'd never experienced death in my life. 
Yeah, I saw it on the news and I saw it on TV, but it never really touched me. It never really spoke to me personally until those moments. See, and what God did in those moments is something that's, that's critically important for you and I to understand. And it's simply this, is that death brings life. See, the Bible teaches us that through one man's death, the shedding of blood, that you and I, we have eternal life. And see, this is the covenant that God is talking to us about in these passages we're going to read. That through one man's death, you and I have a promise of eternal life. See, it really is a life and death moment for you and I. As we read these passages, you have to think and acknowledge that there is death upon us, that there is death in our world, that every one of us will die at some point. We don't know the day, nor the hour, nor the time, but death is a reality. But through death, we have life. See, I want you to know this morning that God is offering you an opportunity to enter into this new covenant, this promise. That God has done his part. He has fulfilled his part in this covenant, in this relationship. And he's just asking you to do your part. See, the old covenant required blood to be shed. But the new covenant we can understand and know that the blood has been shed. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. Father, we ask that you would speak to us. Father, help us to understand the things that are, are being said here in your word. And not only let us understand it in our minds, but Father, let it penetrate our hearts. Let it be real to us. Through the power of your spirit, show us the things that you have for us. Father, you have set this life before us. You have called us by name. Lord, you have formed us and shaped us. And you have brought us to this very moment. Because you have a purpose and a plan for our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would help us Help us to see clearly. Help us to move the distractions away. Help us to remember and know and understand the things that Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and the significance of that and the meaning behind that. Lord, we give this time to you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in our passage today, Hebrews chapter 9, we're going to read verses 15 through 22. It says, therefore, starting in verse 15, therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. For, a will, for where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will takes effect only at death since it, is not, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. 
For when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of the calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. See, here's the first thing that we see and can know about God's promise to us in this new covenant is that Jesus is the mediator. See, in verse 15, it says, therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant. Circle that. So that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. It's the eternal promise. Since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. See, I don't know about you, but as I read that this last week and kind of looked at it, there's a bunch of questions that kind of came up in my mind. And, and I want to just share a couple of them and answer and look at a couple of them. One is just simply, you know, what is a mediator? What does it mean to be a mediator? Who is a mediator? Well, Jesus, our mediator, is someone who works on behalf of you and I. See, as, as Jesus is our mediator, he goes into the presence of God and he works on our behalf. He dialogues with God, the creator of all things, on our behalf. See, it's like an advocate, someone that works on behalf of someone else. And they work with another party to ensure that, that someone's rights or someone is protected or someone is cared for. See, Jesus is our mediator. See, Jesus has done all of this and he continues to do it for you and I. If we look at Romans chapter 8, there's a whole lot of stuff in there, but in verse 34, it says, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Isn't that cool? I don't know, when I read that passage, Romans chapter 8 is one of my favorite in all of the Bible. When my dad died, for whatever reason, God used Romans 8.28 as a passage where it was like everywhere I turned, it seemed like someone was either saying it or it was written somewhere or, or it was on the radio. See, yeah, bless you. Jesus intercedes for you and I. He is working on our behalf. See, we are forgiven because of Jesus. We are redeemed and we are righteous in the eyes of God because of our mediator, Jesus Christ. See, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and on behalf of you, he intercedes for us. Well, this brings us to the other question that it kind of made me think. So we know that Jesus is working for us on our behalf and the fact that he sits at the right hand of God and he's interceding for you and I. He is our advocate. But the fact is, that's not enough. See, there's more to it than just someone advocating for you. 
There's more to it than just someone coming in on your behalf. You know, there's been moments in my life where, where I've been able to be an advocate for someone. And what that kind of looks like, to give you kind of a picture, there's, there's a counselor, there's somebody that, that has the understanding and the knowledge of what's going on in the world and, and really looks to, to lead people in a, in a godly or a biblical kind of mindset. And then over here, there's an individual that, that is broken, that is struggling with any kind of, whether it be sexual impurity or, or a drug abuse or whatever it is, hurt, pain, loss of life, whatever the struggle is, there's some brokenness in their life. And as an advocate, you work on behalf to bring that person into relationship with that counselor. And you do things and you spend time mediating and helping and walking with and encouraging this individual that's broken. But see, that's great, but that's just not enough. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, because there has to be something more. There, there's one more thing that has to happen in that equation. It helps us to understand what the Bible is telling us here. Listen to what it says in this passage in verse 16 and 17. It says, For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will takes effect only at death, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. You have to kind of chew on that and kind of think about what is he saying here? A will doesn't take effect until there is a death. So in essence, what he's saying here is there has to be a sacrifice for us to receive this eternal promise, for us to, to have what we've been given, there has to be a sacrifice. A death has to occur. Well, we know because of the old covenant, what we've seen happen, that, that the blood of an animal and the sacrifice of a high priest, the, the things that man tried to do to do and fulfill the requirement of this covenant, of this agreement, weren't good enough. See, and it wasn't because God isn't good enough, but it was because as man, in our humanity, we just aren't good enough. And the more we read Hebrews and kind of understand the chapter 6 and 7 and, and Pastor Jason helped us to really understand that aspect of the sacrifice. We see that is because we are a broken people and we need a mediator. We need an advocate. And that advocate is Jesus. He is the sacrifice. See, we use big church terms like the pure and spotless lamb, our, our mighty and holy counselor. And all those words are perfect because that is a descriptive of just who Jesus Christ is. He was man in flesh. Indeed, he was God revealed to us, yet he was sinless. And what's neat about Jesus, what's so cool if you really think about it, is that he came as man and he endured and he suffered and he experienced all of the things that you and I have experienced 
which has given him the right to be our sacrifice. To be that one that hung on the cross. The one that the blood was shed so that you and I can have this covenant, this eternal promise. See, our blood isn't pure enough. Our, our blood isn't sinless enough. Yes, we will experience death. But because of Jesus' death, we will experience life. Amen? See, that's what we see here in verse 22. It says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of what? Sin, transgressions, brokenness, rebellion, turning away from God. See, unfortunately, I don't know about you guys, but almost on a daily basis, I turn away from God. See, and, and, and there's more moments when, in those moments when I turn away from God, I mourn my own sin. I, I weep over my own sin. And I tell you what, I was telling Jeff this morning, I've got this new favorite song and we're going to introduce it next year, but just because I said so, right? <laughs> but this week, for whatever reason, I've probably wept more this week than I ever have in a long time. And I asked myself, I said, you know, why, why are you so emotional? What, what's going on, Floyd, in, in your life? What's, what's in you right now that, that is causing you to, to, to weep? Not only when you hear this song, but when you read God's word and as you think about your life and the things around you and what God's doing. And I think Jesus was telling me this week that that my tears are tears of joy. My, my tears are a reminder that, that, that I have a sacrifice. See, there, there's no greater sacrifice than that of a man that would lay down his life for another. That even in my sin, even in my arrogance, even in my pride, that Jesus would die on a cross for me. If you knew me when I was about 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you would get that. You would probably see me as someone that, man, Jesus would have to die 10 times for that guy. And you know what? The coolest thing that we see here is that Jesus doesn't have to die again. Once and for all once and for you, once and for me, once and for everyone. Jesus died on a cross. This blood that was shed makes a difference. Hebrews 10, 11 and 12 say, and every high priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus rules. Amen? Amen. Did you get that? Did you see that? 
offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. And now he sits in the presence of God as our mediator, as our intercessor. Big word. That was a tough one. As the one and only spotless lamb. See, what we see here in our passage today is that sometimes it takes death for us to realize that there is life. I want to ask you this morning, how is your life? Is it good? Are you a self-made man, self-made woman? Do you wake up every morning worshiping your creator? I want to ask you this morning. No, not me. I think Jesus is asking you this morning. Are you ready to worship the creator? Are you ready to bow your life, bow your heart, bow all that you are, knowing that the blood that was shed, the sacrifice that was made, was made for you? That blood was for you. Hebrews 10, 15 through 18. It says, The Holy Spirit bears witness to us. For after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he says this, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering of sin. See, not only was Jesus our mediator, but he was our sacrifice. Jesus paid the price. And there it is, the prescription for the new covenant, Jesus. I'm going to close here in just a moment. And we're going to celebrate. We're, we're going to celebrate the blood that was shed, the body that was broken. And as you come forward, before you come forward, I want you to spend just a few moments just preparing your heart in remembrance and understanding of this sacrifice that was made for you and I. See, this covenant that God offers us today is a covenant relationship that takes and requires us to do our part. See, God gives us promises, but we have to move towards that land that he offers us. Move towards those things, those riches, that grace, that forgiveness that he offers us. And it's not by works that we have, but by faith. So that no man may boast. See, it's through Jesus Christ that we have forgiveness. It's through his blood that our sins are washed away and cleansed. I want you to believe that this morning. I want you to trust that. Because in this passage, in this scripture in Hebrews, it reminds us that we can enter the throne of grace with confidence because of what Jesus Christ did. Not with arrogance, not with pride, but with confidence, knowing that we are forgiven. See, Jesus rules, and he paid a price for you and I. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes?
I want to ask you, have you accepted and received this promise? Do you wake up and bow before the Almighty God and acknowledge the blood that was shed for your sins? See, today, He wants you and I to choose life over death. We have to understand and acknowledge death, that a sacrifice had to happen. But in that sacrifice, we have an opportunity to choose, to choose Jesus over this world and come to the altar of grace. See, because it's his blood that was upon that altar that was shed for you and I. In these next few moments, as the worship team comes up and as we sing this last song and as we celebrate the blood that was shed and the body that was broken for you and I, I just want you to spend a few moments. There's no hurry. There's no rush. I want you to spend a few moments just kind of looking at your own life, asking God to to examine your heart. I want you to know that if you've sinned, if you've fallen short, I want you to know there's forgiveness and grace at the cross. I want you to understand and come boldly and come confidently into the presence of God. Knowing that Jesus, our mediator, is sitting at the right hand of our Father. And he is interceding for you right now. In fact, his, his request to our Father is what brought you here. See, as God's Spirit stirs your heart, as he moves in you right now, he wants you to respond So in the next few moments, we're just going to have a a moment of response. I'm going to ask that Pastor Jason, Pastor Allen, and and the other other leaders just come forward. And and if you want to come and pray with them and have communion with them. See, we do communion in Christ as a reflection and a remembrance of what Jesus did for us. But before we do that, we have to do our part. We have to seek forgiveness of sin. If there's, there's unforgiveness in our life, then take that moment right now to respond to God and offer that forgiveness. Whether it be someone in this room or, or someone that you know that you work with or a family member, God knows your heart. God knows where you stand. God knows what you need. See, Jesus is our advocate and he's leading us to the presence of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And through his death, you can take that next step. So just take a few moments now. If you want to come forward, then come forward. We'll pray with you. We'll encourage you. We'll be a friend to you. And as God leads, come up forward. Bring your offering. Share in remembrance of the blood that was shed and the body was broken. And let's do this together as a family. Let's make that next step. Let's make the commitment to the Lord of Lords, the God of God's. He is our king and he will forever reign. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505 792 8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com 
At So Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.